We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Krzyzewski takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it into the foul. Good evening and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. The Oklahoma City Thunder took on the Phoenix Suns tonight, losing by a final score of 115-97. to They were on the road in Phoenix for the second time in the past week. Uh, it was a big game for Ty Jerome. And honestly, although it was an 18-point loss by the Thunder, this game really was a lot closer than the final score indicates. Really, for the first three and a half or so quarters, Oklahoma City really stuck in there despite being shorthanded. Um, really, really hard-fought game by this team. Obviously, Mark Dagnall is out, and and the Thunder don't have their typical head coach, so a little bit different um, of a look on the on the sidelines in terms of coaching. Missing a ton of players, but had a really, really solid game. Uh, with that in mind, let's jump into the, the recap of what happened in this game. So the first half of this game, you know, I guess putting things into perspective, this is a very, very, very depleted Thunder team, right? A team that, even at full health, is one of the worst teams in the league. And, and that's that's not a um, a diss on the Thunder, the organization. Like It's just how the roster's built, right? They're the youngest team in the NBA, clearly going through a rebuild, um, hoping to have some successful drafts over the next two and three years, and get that young talent and really build themselves back into a contending team because the organization said, we're not taking shortcuts. We're not going to, you know, make these impulse decisions and sign guys to try to win now. Like they're going to let this ride out. They're going to do it the right way. Like a small market has to do build through the draft, be patient and have sustained success. So all that to say, um, even when fully healthy, not a great team, but when you're down six players in health and safety protocols, things are obviously a lot worse, right? They, they've called up a handful of guys from the Oklahoma City Blue, the, the G League affiliate. So the you know kind of bottom almost quarter of your roster right now is G Leaguers. That middle, you know, middle portion of your lineup 
are guys that typically would be at the end of the regular Thunder 15-man rotation, but are now kind of the, the first few guys off the bench. Um, and then your starters are really just uh, a bunch of random guys that are thrown in there to play alongside um, the starters that are left. And so coming into this game, we expected the same lineup, which actually pregame the, the lineup was announced. It was the same lineup as the game prior. So you had Paul Watson Jr., you had Isaiah Roby, you had Aaron Wiggins, you had Lou Dort, and you had Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But right before the game started, it was announced that SGA would actually miss this game due to ankle soreness. And, I mean, makes sense. Like, this is a game that you're probably going to lose anyways. You're more worried about SGA's long-term health than you are trying to make this game a little bit more competitive than it probably would have been. Um, all that to say, the the already depleted Thunder came out and had their uh, their superstar in SGA be a late scratch, and you got the feeling that this game might get away from the Thunder early on, right? Like they're extremely depleted, while the Suns are almost fully healthy, plus have the second best record in the NBA. But the Thunder came out and fought, regardless of who was on the court. Like guys gave it their all. They competed, and that's that's been a staple of Thunder teams over the past, I mean, really since the inception and, and the, the relocation to Oklahoma City from Seattle, is these teams play hard, and that's that's a culture thing. That's an organization thing. That's just something that starts from the top down. Sam Presti, that's the way he wants to play. Um, of late, you've seen the guys that the teams drafted. I don't think there's been as big of a swing in draft strategy as people like to think, um, but, but of late, it's been guys that are have a high basketball IQ, guys that are fundamentally sound, um, guys that will play hard and be good locker room guys. It just seems to be the Thunder mold. And all the way down to the G League, like you see that in these guys. And that's why when these guys come up and play during these times where the Thunder have a bunch of guys in health and safety protocols, they don't skip a beat. Doesn't matter what the roster looks like season after season. I mean, you look at the Thunder roster now, the guys that are the most tenured on the team have only been here for, for two or three years. So regardless of who comes to Oklahoma City, there's a culture thing in which they play hard. And that was the epitome of the first half. Um, at, the end of, at the end of the first half, the Suns led 60-52. The largest lead for the Suns was actually 10 points. So it wasn't like a, a game where they were up 17 in the first half and Oklahoma City just had a couple buckets at the end to make it close. Like, it was legitimately a close game the entire first half. Um, the Thunder were only down two, you know, mid to late in the second quarter. Um, Oklahoma City actually shot a better field goal percentage, 48.9% in the first half versus Phoenix shooting 47.8. The three-point shooting is really what had Phoenix ahead in the first half. They shot nine, I'm sorry, they shot seven of 18 from deep in the first half. Oklahoma City was two of 16. So so that was really to their detriment. Um, if they'd even shot, you know, 20, 25% from three, they'd actually be probably tied in the first half. Um, Phoenix killed them on the glass. You can tell that Oklahoma City is really missing some of their their front court. Um, although they're undersized, like they don't, they're not, it's like they're missing some seven foot juggernaut that dominates the paint every night. But they do have a solid rotation of, of undersized bigs that do rebound well. Oklahoma City's historically always been one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA, even this season, uh, you know, kind of relative to the size they have in the front court. Um, a great rebounding team, really relative to their size. Uh, but in the first half, Phoenix had won the rebounding battle 26-17. to 17. That included 11 offensive rebounds, which, which really hurt the Thunder. 
Um, assists, Phoenix assisted on their first five makes of the game. Um, Oklahoma City cut back up, and we're only down one assist in that in that category. Oklahoma City had 10 assists in the first half to Phoenix's 11. Everything else was, was fairly consistent. Eight turnovers for Oklahoma City, nine for the Suns. Both teams had 10 points off turnovers in the first half. Um, fast break points are pretty even. Oklahoma City actually dominated the points in the paint. It's interesting when you have games where one team dominates the glass, the other team dominates points in the paint. Um, it's just it's an interesting trend. You don't see that too, too often, but Oklahoma City um, nearly doubled the amount of, of points in the paint that Phoenix had in the first half. Um, and then individually in the first half, I thought Aaron Wiggins was the best player um, for the Thunder. Ty Jerome came out and had, I think, eight of the Thunder's first 17 points, but he ended up cooling off. Aaron Wiggins, who has been ultra, ultra efficient in these last couple of games that he's gotten this opportunity to play. Um, He was eight for 10 the other night. Um, I think he was five of seven or or six of eight or something like that the next night. First half against the Suns tonight, he was six of 10 from the floor, had a really, really nice steal and dunk and transition. Um, out of the four shots he missed in the first half, two of them were threes. He was 0 of 2 from beyond the arc, uh, got three rebounds, like just a, a solid player. And he reminds me of a lot of, of Jeremiah Robinson Earl and the fact that he doesn't try doing too much. He knows his role in the team. Um, he's going to go out there and do what the team needs him to do on, an, on a night like tonight when he's a starter and SGA is not playing and Dort's really the only guy that has any scoring experience on this team. Um, it's, it's his time to shoot, and, and he did that in the first half. He played really, really well in the first half, led the team in scoring with 12 points, like I said. And, you know, maybe a week from now when he plays in a game and the team's more more back to full health, his role might be to play solid defense and, and be a catch-and-shoot guy, and he can do that. He, he plays with it himself. He plays his role, and I think that is something that will keep him in the league for a long time. A lot of young players come in and think that, you know, to stay in the league and to have a successful career – I've got to go in and score a bunch of points and, and do all these flashy things. But in reality, a lot of times staying in the league is, you know, knowing your role. And, and Nick Collison in Oklahoma City and uh, Seattle, obviously, was really the, the poster child of that methodology is, you know, even though he was a lottery pick, he found out pretty quickly that to stay in the league for a long time, he had to do what the team needed him to do. And he excelled in that role player type role. And I think both JRE and Aaron Wiggins, who were second round picks for the Thunder this season, have done that to this point. And I think they'll have long NBA careers because of that. And, and Aaron Wiggins in the first half um, was a was a minus four, which doesn't sound great. But outside of Ty Jerome, who was a zero, um, he was the, the best starter at a minus four. So impressive stuff from the Thunder in the first half. Um, Again, we're only down eight points going into the third quarter um, and, and just came out and fought really, really strong. I was very, very impressed with that first half performance from the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And then, just when you thought, you know, hey, they stuck it out for an entire half, you know, surely there's no way this roster, the way it's constructed, you know, continues that competitiveness into the second half and boy were we all wrong the thunder actually had probably the best quarter um of the game there they're in the third in which they ultimately took a late lead uh in the third quarter 69 to 68 ended up leading by as many as three points ultimately an 8-0 run by phoenix there in the last few minutes um put phoenix up five and then uh, Oklahoma City had a couple shots at the very, very end of the quarter, and they were down by two at the end of the third quarter. Um, just super impressive stuff, right? The the team fights through an entire first half, which you see a lot. You know, Phoenix definitely didn't play their best game. Um, but, you know, a lot of times, even the worst teams in the league will stick around in the first half and then uh, kind of run out of gas in the second half. But, you know, something about... This Thunder team, even without Coach Dagnalt, you know, giving his typical halftime speech and, and having an interim head coach, uh, they still continue to fight. Um, like I said, down two at the end of the, the third quarter. Aaron Wiggins had a spectacular third quarter. Uh, really was was the spark plug in the third. Uh, even at the end of the game, this this speaks a lot to the confidence Wiggins is starting to have, both in himself and that the franchise has in him. The last shot of the game, when the, the clock's ticking down, shot clock's turned off, there's about 20 seconds left, Aaron Wiggins is the guy with the ball, you know, ready to take that that buzzer-beating shot at the end of the third. Albeit, the the guys on the floor, you know, there wasn't, obviously, um, Shea tonight, there was no Josh Giddy. so a lot of the, the top guys that would normally have the ball in their hands late in the quarter for that final shot weren't there. Dort was sitting out at that particular moment. Um, but Wiggins was like the guy on the floor that needed the ball in his hands. He was the, the hot hand. He had 19 points at that point towards the end of the third quarter. Um, ultimately was fouled. Phoenix had a foul to give uh, with five, four or five seconds left, and, and they had to inbounds the ball. But they actually ran a play to get Wiggins uh, the ball again, 
Um, they they ran a down screen to get Wiggins to the top of the key, threw it into Teo. Wiggins set a screen for Teo, pick and pop. Teo ultimately decided to drive instead of, of kick out to Wiggins at the pop. He was open, uh, but Teo took it to the rim, got fouled, hit both of his free throws, ended up working out good. But that just goes to show, again, the confidence the team has in Wiggins, the confidence he has in himself, and the fact that um, both possessions down the stretch when the Thunder were trying to get that last shot in the third quarter, the ball was was intentionally uh, in Aaron Wiggins' hand to take that last shot. Again, the hot hand there in the third quarter uh, had 19 points at the end of the third quarter, and Oklahoma City continued to fight uh, all the way through three quarters of this game against the Suns, and we're down two going into the fourth. So the fourth quarter is where things finally started getting a little bit hairy for the Thunder. Um, you know, obviously Phoenix, much better team. We've talked about this on the pod um, up to this point. Really, I mean, it doesn't need to be said that the Suns are one of the best teams in the league. Thunder are quite the opposite at this point in the rebuild. Uh, but in the final frame, Phoenix had a really, really hot start to the fourth quarter. Uh, they, they would immediately go up six points within the first 30 seconds or 45 seconds of that fourth quarter. Um, Oklahoma City kept it fairly close for for a little bit there. Uh, after that that hot start, it was like I said they went up, they went up six almost immediately. Um, Oklahoma City kept that six point margin through right about the halfway point. I think it was. Six minutes and 10 seconds left. There was also, uh, it was also a six point margin at that point. But then just two minutes later, so about the four minute mark left in the game, Phoenix went up 14 points and never looked back. Uh, it was an 18 point loss for the Thunder. Really, it was that um, six minutes left in the game to four minutes left in the game stretch of, of two minutes of action there where Phoenix really took over, which is expected, right? Like this team is is so good that you have to expect at some point against a depleted Thunder roster, they would take over and win the game. And they did. Um, Phoenix just, just in, in two minutes, really just blew the top off this game, carried that lead into the final few minutes, and ultimately capped it off with an 18-point victory. So like I said at the top of the pod, um, although it was an 18-point loss for the Thunder, if you just looked at the final score, got the notification on your phone, didn't watch the game, a lot closer of a game than than it would than it would appear. Um, really, three and a half quarters. Oklahoma City stuck right in it, and and we're in that game. It makes you wonder if SGA had played. Um, what does this game ultimately look like when it comes down to it? I I, I will say a lot of guys stepped up in his absence. Um, Ty Jerome had a career high in points and a career high in rebounds against his former team. Um, you know, it's it's one of those situations. Where I, I don't think. Ty by any means is salty. The Suns traded them away. Like he's a he's a smart enough guy, and he's he needs he's much enough basketball to know when you're traded for Chris Paul, it's almost a compliment, right? Like like it sucks that he's not playing for a contending Suns team, and it sucks to be traded after your rookie season. It's probably a blow to your confidence. Although a lot of his rookie year, uh, he was hurt, and that's probably a big reason they were willing to trade him. You know, it's Chris Paul. You trade him even if he had a great rookie season. But to be really the centerpiece young prospect of that deal, Oklahoma City obviously got like a Ricky Rubio. Um, they got a first-round pick. They got Ty Jerome. Um, they got Tsunami Poppy. Like it, it was a it was a deal that was much larger. But really, Oklahoma City flipped the two um, the vets in that deal, and um, Ty Jerome in that first-round pick was really what they got for Chris Paul there. 
And for Ty Jerome to look back, I mean, when, when he's when he's done in the NBA and he's got kids and telling them about his career, it'll be a cool moment to say, like, yeah, I was I was the young guy, the young prospect that was packaged with picks and vets to to get Chris Paul to the Suns. And, you know, they all went on to the, go to the NBA finals the following year. So I don't think, like I said, rabbit hole, we just jumped out. I, I don't think he's salty. He was traded. I think it's very evident why he was traded. And I think any team would trade a guy like Ty Jerome to get Chris Paul. Um, but against his former team, super cool to see him get a career high in both points and rebounds on the night. Uh, both him and Aaron Wiggins were really the, the Thunder's two big-time scores in this contest. Uh, Jerome finishes with 24 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists, uh, albeit on 22 shots, so not super efficient. Same story for Wiggins. Started out really, really efficient in, in the first half. Was Has been really efficient these past couple games, but Finishes with 22 points on 19 shots. Like, it's great that he scores 22 points. It's his second 20-point outing in the past three games. When you're taking 19 shots, like, you should be expected to to produce 20 points. So not super efficient by either of those guys that led the Thunder in scoring. Muscala was efficient off the bench, 13 points. He was a third-leading scorer, uh, four of nine from the floor. But Aaron Wiggins, enjoy the moment. Ty Jerome, enjoy the moment. There will probably never be a real competitive matchup in which either of those guys ever take 19 to 22 shots individually. So these are one of those, those situations where it's like, yeah, fire them up. You know, everybody needs these kinds of games. Um, so good for those guys for, for putting up these, these big numbers in a game that was actually fairly close most of the way. Um, a couple things I, I want to wrap up here with just holistic themes on the night and kind of on the, the season. Paul Watson Jr., I just, him and Gabe Deck just blow my mind in terms of why they're on the roster. Like, Sam Sam knows what he's doing. Like, there's a reason Sam is the general manager of one of the most well-run franchises in professional sports, and there's a reason that myself and, and those of you that are listening are not. Um, he knows what he's doing. But when you have a guy like Paul Watson Jr. that's 27 years old, you know, it's, that's theoretically a veteran, but he didn't have a bunch of NBA experience. And then you've got a guy like Gabe Deck, same way, 26 years old. It's an older player. He's, he's got professional experience, sure, but not NBA experience. And, and even if he's a great leader, he's not the veteran player that you would think the Thunder would, would put on the roster. So when you look at the Thunder 17-man roster, so 15 full-time, two two-way guys, you've got two of these guys in Gabe Deck and Paul Watson it's like, what are they doing? Because Ken Rich makes sense. Mike makes sense. Um, you know, some of the, even, even Derek makes sense. Like they're veteran guys. Um, when they play, they're solid and they actually have trade value. Like they've got NBA experience. They could help a contender in the right situation. They don't make a ton of money. Like Derek does make more than he's probably worth, but it's not a crazy contract. Um, so that, that makes sense. Like every team, uh, Oklahoma City is the youngest team in the NBA. They still got to have veterans. They still got to have those voices in the locker room. Still got to have some older guys in there just to mix things up. But when you look at Gabe Deck and Paul Watson, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens to those two guys. Gabe Deck has a very non-guaranteed contract. So um, if he were to be traded or waived at the deadline or later this season, wouldn't be shocking Paul Watson Jr. on a two-way, just it just feels like there's guys that could be better suited for a two-way deal in Oklahoma City, right? He's 
known for being a three-point sniper. He's a bigger guy that can play guard slash wing. Decent defender, but at his age, I just I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. Even if the Thunder were to contend next year, like what are you going to do? Convert him to a fifteen the fifteen man roster? Like, I still don't think he plays that much. And I really do think these last couple games, giving him the um, the starting role, is more of a show us what you have. This is kind of your chance to prove that you're a prospect we should spend our time on versus a, um, you know, you've earned this. You're the starter because he really hasn't. Like even in the G League with the blue, hadn't been great. Hadn't played a lot with the Thunder. Hadn't played a lot with the blue. Just doesn't make a lot of sense on this team. So I'm curious if over the next couple of weeks, we actually have a lot of movement on the two-way front. I wouldn't be shocked to see Aaron Wiggins get signed to a full-time contract, get that converted similar to like Lou Dort or Moses Brown or Deontay Burton in the past. Obviously, you have to have a roster spot available. And and so maybe that happens after a lopsided trade or maybe that happens if if Gabe Deck is, is way... Like there's a lot of ways you can do that. But I do think it wouldn't be surprising to see Wiggins get converted to a full-time. And in the same vein, it also wouldn't be surprising to see Paul Watson Jr. get waived and, and sign the different guy to a two-way deal that's uh, younger, like an actual project, um, fits the timeline a little bit better that you can start to develop in the G League and with the Thunder. So all that to say, the season opened up with Wiggins and Watson at the two-way spots. I would not be shocked at all to see um, towards the end of the season, neither of those guys in two-way spots and having two brand new guys in those spots for various reasons. So um, all that to say, it'll be interesting to see, especially with, with the guys on the hardship deals, Moving up with uh, the amount of guys, I think the number six right now that are in health and safety protocols for COVID. Interesting to see if anybody steps up in a big way and says, "Hey, look, I'm I'm the guy that you should put on the two-way deal whenever one of those opens up." So uh, again, the Thunder just to wrap things up, fall to the Phoenix Suns, one fifteen to ninety-seven tonight. Um, a hard-fought game by the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll be with you guys on Friday night, New Year's Eve against the New York Knicks, followed by Sunday, the first game of 2022 against the Dallas Mavericks. That game will be in Oklahoma City at 6 p.m. We will do a post-game group podcast. After that one, you'll get to see Isaiah Thomas live with the Dallas Mavericks uh, against Oklahoma City Thunder. And with the new protocols, we may may have some of these guys that are in uh, health and safety protocols or with the new COVID rules, I guess I should say, I think it's five days instead of 10 days now. We may get some of those guys back sooner than later. Uh, until we talk to you guys on Friday, be safe. Happy holidays. End your 2021 the right way. Thank you guys so much for listening this year. We really appreciate you. And as always, thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.